This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. MLS and many other soccer influences have painted parody as the holy grail for American soccer. They have said time and time again that parody is something good, but that's just not true. From a sporting sense, parody is a path to mediocrity and is detrimental to the overall team, player, and coach development in our country. In this episode, we are going to discuss the negative impacts of trying to achieve parity in American soccer. We will also discuss the benefits of playing significantly inferior and significantly superior opposition, or as we commonly know it, playing up and playing down. So whether you are a parent, player, coach, club administrator, or just soccer fan, there is plenty in this episode for you. If you have any questions about what we discuss, you can submit those questions and we will answer them in future episodes, just like we are going to do at the end of today's episode. So make sure you stick around till the very end. Before we get started, we want to give you guys a quick message about our online coaching courses. If you are a coach and you would like to accelerate your development and learn from proven practitioners, By that, I mean guys that have shown what can be done in the United States at virtually every level, then you need to go to 343coaching.com and look at our online coaching courses. These programs come with video and audio lessons for you to study, as well as downloadable eBooks. The premium memberships also come with access to over five years worth of questions and answers in the members only forums. And premium members are instantly connected to the nationwide network of 343 coaches. So to learn more about those courses and everything else that we offer, you can go to 343coaching.com. All right, with that said, let's get into today's episode. The MLS crowd believes and wants you to believe that parity is good for development and good for American soccer. Their exclusive professional and academy leagues are rooted in the belief that parity is what creates competition and should be the driving force behind developing and pushing players into our men's national team program. In the spirit of parity, MLS franchises are allocated the same amount of money for their rosters, the same number of designated player spots, and they even go as far as wearing the same brand and style of jerseys. It's parity from head to toe. The idea that parity is good for the sport of soccer in our country has trickled all the way down to the youth level. In April 2020, it was announced that the USSF-led Development Academy would be closing its doors. Just minutes after that announcement, MLS released a statement that it would be launching its own version of the Development Academy League. At the time, it was speculated that MLS academies would have an exclusive league all to themselves. This was predicated on the fact that the Development Academy had already planned to split into different tiers, with all MLS franchise academies being in Tier 1, with other teams being placed in Tier 2. In May 2020, these assumptions rang true with the announcement from MLS that their new Academy League would be comprised of 95 clubs and franchises, 30 of which would be in the top tier. The remaining 65, which included no MLS franchises, 
would play in a separate lower tier. According to an unnamed source and reported by The Athletic, concerns about the overall level of competition were the main motivation for putting MLS teams into their own division. A number of MLS clubs have long felt that their academy teams weren't properly challenged in the DA. They repeatedly expressed those concerns in recent years to both MLS and U.S. soccer. End quote. You see, people involved in the MLS academies believe that playing against inferior opposition, which is a polite way of saying traditional youth clubs that are outside of their MLS franchise network, is bad for their teams and bad for their players and bad for their coaches. People involved in MLS academies believe that they need to get rid of these games against inferior opposition and that every game between MLS academies should be a hard-fought 1-1 or 1-0 or 2-1 result. This is totally misguided. There is a ton of value from playing a mix of significantly inferior and superior opposition and getting these games in a variety of ways, whether that's through scrimmages or tournaments or, ideally, merit-based league play. Playing a mixed bag of opponents actually helps development, not hinders it. There is a global precedent on this subject matter. Youth academies all around the world face a variety of opponents at every level. Whether it's U10s or U18s, in Spain or in Holland, teams and players could face a monster one week and a minnow the next. For example, FC Barcelona's youth teams regularly face opposition in their local area that is far inferior to them. They frequently win games 5-0, 8-0, and even 10-0, and doing so has not impacted the club's ability to routinely pump out world-class professionals. The same can be said about Ajax, Porto, Dinamo Zagreb, and many other well-known clubs across the globe. The inverse should also be addressed. Facing monsters like FC Barcelona and Ajax doesn't hurt the development of other clubs. In fact, this better prepares them for facing equal or lesser caliber opponents in their futures. So we need to talk about the benefits of playing against significantly inferior and superior opponents, or playing up and playing down. We'll start by talking about playing down. Playing down has a negative stigma attached to it, and I want to address that right away so we can move beyond it and discuss the benefits. When you hear the phrase playing down, it sounds like older teams beating up on younger teams for fun. But in a competitive environment that is truly concerned about developing top-level players for the professional and international game, that's just not the case at all. Yes, playing down could mean playing against younger opponents. It could also mean playing against opponents of the same age, but a lower level. For example, a gold team playing against a silver team. Additionally, it could mean playing opponents at the same level, both development academy teams for instance, but one is top of the league and the other is at the bottom. While some may think that playing down is unfair or unproductive, it's actually a very valuable tool. Not just for the team that is playing down, but also the team playing up. We'll have more on that later. But when it comes to playing down, it's all about how that tool is used. So when MLS franchises are complaining that games against inferior opposition are unproductive, that means that they don't know how to use the tool they've been handed. For example, playing down enables coaches to improve their execution of team tactics because yes, coaches need development too. This will in turn lead to better team and player development. It enables teams, the players themselves, to demonstrate comprehension and eventually mastery of the coach's game plan. 
The goal here should be winning against opponents through proper execution of that plan, not just through hard work and guts like we are very familiar with seeing. And playing down enables individual players to demonstrate confidence, creativity, and flair due to the lower risk of failure and with all the extra space and extra time that they now have on the ball. Playing in these types of games can be a morale booster, giving the players, the team, the coaching staff, the club, and the parents a sense of confidence that the plan is working and development is actually happening. Ideally, playing down would be a natural part of league play. Around the world, this is achieved by playing in open systems with promotion and relegation. This is a mechanism that truly allows the cream to rise to the top and for the weak links to be filtered to their appropriate levels. In no way, shape, or form are we advocates for parity and for what MLS has built at the professional and youth levels. Having said that, we understand the landscape and would like to offer insight and solutions despite the unfortunate circumstances that we face here in America. So how can playing down be achieved? Here are some general examples. High school varsity teams scrimmaging their JV teams before the next game. That's one example. Top European clubs playing MLS franchises during their preseason tours. That's an example we're probably all familiar with. How about national teams playing against club or academy teams or college teams during camps? Notice the common thread in those examples though. There is a significant difference in level between the two teams. That is key because that is what best enables the development to take place in these particular situations. And that is where the value lies. Now, when it comes to youth club soccer, this type of playing down can easily be achieved by organizing scrimmages, friendlies, or even intra-club matches against teams of a lower level. Another way that this can be achieved is by entering lower level tournaments, not necessarily playing down in age, although that certainly can be the option in some cases but playing against teams that are significantly below your level. For example, if you are a gold team, entering a bronze level tournament can be the solution. Now keep in mind, playing down is not meant to be a long-term solution. Just like you shouldn't want parity all of the time, you shouldn't want to play down 100% of the time either. This is a tool to be used at the right time to produce the right results, whatever those might be for your situation. Here is a real world example of playing down. What some might not know is that in order to prepare for the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, Jurgen Klinsmann brought the U.S. men's national team together for a camp at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California. During that time, the men's national team regularly faced off against inferior opposition, including college opponents and USL2 teams. They did this in order to test out tactics, different lineups, and to refine the team's style of play. Jurgen, like many other coaches, used this opportunity to play down as a way to solidify his roster before traveling to Brazil. In an interview with MLS Soccer, he said that there were several 50-50 position battles all over the U.S. squad. These scrimmages helped him decide his final roster. As some might remember, this is the same camp that ended with Jurgen infamously leaving Landon Donovan at home following his sabbatical from soccer. Okay, we talked about playing down, but what's the deal with playing up? Just like playing down, playing up can offer a ton of value, but playing up poses a whole new set of challenges for coaches, teams, and individuals alike. Those could include, but are not limited to, learning to cope with physically, tactically, and or technically superior opponents, managing the psychological aspects and overcoming the mental obstacles attached with playing up, 
or it could be figuring out how to create goal scoring opportunities against teams that are bigger and faster than you. If you're competing in an environment in which parity governs everything, then you are missing out on these key developmental experiences that playing significantly superior opponents offers. Again, there is a global precedent that playing against superior opponents could actually help raise the level of inferior teams. We'll use Spain as another example. As teams compete in La Liga against the likes of FC Barcelona and Real Madrid, they are actually becoming better prepared for other challenges that they may face in the future. And one could argue that this is why Spain has been so dominant in the Europa League in recent history, winning six of the last 10 titles. For reference, Spanish teams have claimed six of the last 10 Champions League titles as well. Meanwhile, even the strongest MLS teams struggle in CONCACAF Champions League and have failed to win a title since 2000. Since then, only three MLS teams have even reached the final. This is a sharp contrast to the environment which we see in Spain and other countries around the world. But given the state of things in our country, how can playing significantly superior opponents be achieved at the youth levels in America in order to elicit development? Well, you could easily use the same examples that we recommended in regards to playing down. You just do the inverse of those. For example, playing scrimmages against higher level or older teams. If you're the B team, scrimmage the A team. If you're the best U15 team in the league, arrange to play a team from the U16 division. As we alluded to in episode 259, Brian Kleiben has been somewhat of a pioneer in playing individual players, but also entire teams up. So here are ways that he has accomplished this. Number one, playing an entire age group up in tournaments. In order to test themselves, Brian's teams would enter tournaments by playing up an entire age group. This meant U11s would enter the U12 bracket. And on a number of occasions, his teams would win these tournaments. Number two, playing higher level tournaments. Again, there is a big difference between playing up in age versus playing higher quality opponents that are at your same age. For example, Brian regularly took his teams to Mid Cup in Spain where they played against age-appropriate teams but faced higher-level teams like FC Barcelona and Ajax. A full match video is available on 343coaching.com that showcases the group of American players that Brian brought to Spain versus the real FC Barcelona. Number three. Playing teams up during league competition and playoffs. In Brian's case, this was primarily done by promoting a number of young players to a higher team. As you can see in the images provided on 343coaching.com, Brian's players faced opponents that were one, two, three, even four years older than them, with the average age difference between the two rosters frequently being greater than one year. And in Brian's case, this was done with great success on many occasions not only in regular league play, but also in the Development Academy playoffs and even the finals. Okay, so we've talked about playing up and playing down, but what's the ultimate solution? The ultimate solution is having a diverse, open pyramid that has a variety of opponents at each level, from youth all the way to the pros. Together, MLS and USSF have failed to offer this option to the detriment of American soccer. And while the appearance of a league table at the professional and academy levels suggests that there are top and bottom teams, it is more or less a ruse when all things are considered. The intention is and always has been to create an equal playing field amongst MLS franchises. In Spain, however, we see a wide array of clubs, all with different capabilities, resources, and objectives, competing at all levels of their pyramid in both professional and youth settings. Again, for example, 
FC Barcelona competes against top international clubs such as Real Madrid during their league play, but they also face clubs struggling to stay in the first division, such as Mallorca. The next year, they'll face newly promoted clubs, while always being at risk of slipping from those top spots themselves. Keep in mind, an open system means that miscalculations have consequences. A draw here or a loss there could have title implications, or in some cases, lead to relegation. This is the X factor that MLS denies through their parity-driven environment and cannot be recreated with any other gimmick. And if USSF believes that MLS's parity approach should be the driving force in American soccer, we shouldn't expect to achieve even remotely similar outcomes of the world's best clubs, leagues, or national teams. Conclusion So, from a purely developmental standpoint, facing a mixture of opponents that are at your level, below your level, and above your level provides for a much more comprehensive and beneficial approach to overall team, player, and coach development. From a competitive standpoint, playing significantly superior and inferior opponents is beneficial to all. Whether you're playing up or down, there is something that can be gained and lessons to be learned. It's all about perspective and how you use the tools. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after the short message about our player masterclass to answer your questions from previous episodes. If you are a parent that is looking for smarter training plans for your player, we have a program for you. As coaches, we've mentored youth and professional soccer players, and we want to help you properly mentor your player too. That is why we developed the Player Development Masterclass. The course isn't quite ready yet, but you can get on the priority enrollment list right now. We'll be launching the course soon, and the people that are on the priority enrollment list will be the first to know when registration opens. You can find all of that information at 343masterclass.com. All right, we are back to answer some of your questions from previous episodes. This week, we have one question, and it comes from John Hablitz. And John asked, in your experience, which is more difficult and important? education and development of the player's competitiveness or the parents? Does one come before the other or am I creating a chicken and egg fallacy? To answer this question, here is 343's founder, Gary Kleiben. John, thank you for the question, dude. I'm going to try and interpret it as best I can here. You're talking about competitiveness and what's more difficult and important, educating the parent on this concept or educating the player. The short answer is you have to do both. Okay, but there is a spectrum as to which one you should allocate perhaps more time to than the other. And for example, you know, one on one end of the spectrum, you might have a parent that has their kid playing soccer because it's a recreational activity. That's how they view it. Hey, get the kid out of the house, get him do some physical activity, keep him out of trouble. Um, it's something that. The family can maybe go on the weekends and partake in a nice weekend game, see their son or daughter play a football match, and that's it. Um, in that regard, it's going to be very difficult uh, to educate the parent or have them you know, sway them more towards the competitive side of what is a sport. You know, If you're a competitive coach, if you want to educate them on competition, if you want their kid to learn the life lessons of what competition means, that there's winners and losers and what it takes to really work hard, uh, grind, you know, uh, for a sustained, consistent period of time and ultimately triumph, uh, 
uh, and what that, you know, all, all that comes along with that package, which is also failure and very low of the lowest when you don't succeed. Um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to maybe bring the parent along for that ride. On the other hand, if you have a parent that is all about competition and they're there and they want to win, you know, and they want their son or daughter to perform on the weekends and be always on and learn and develop and get better and better as the weeks, months and years go by, then it may not be as difficult to bring the parent along towards the competitive mindset. Maybe in that case, it might be the kid that's a little bit more difficult because maybe the kid doesn't want to be under so much pressure and wants to just like chill, relax and be more recreationally oriented. Um, so it's, it, there's a spectrum, I guess is my point. And you have to pick and choose, identify and then pick and choose how much time you allocate to both parties to make them converge to something that's uh, I don't know, can be considered healthy in your opinion. I should also add that there's another thing that's important to consider, and that's the difficulty in educating or persuading an adult versus educating and persuading a youth a person or an adolescent person. You know, youth and adolescents are more malleable and more open and receptive uh, especially from somebody that's, you know, a role model, which is basically usually a coach to change their ways or to come along and, and, you know, go more in your direction versus an adult who's more set in their ways, has their established values. And if those values are opposed to what it is that you want to educate them on or persuade them in, then that becomes quite a challenge. The plus side is that usually you get to work with parents and players for an entire season, which, you know, hopefully in most cases is an entire year. So you have a lot of contact hours and contact time available to you to little by little drip, 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 um, teach them the benefits of having a competitive environment versus a more recreational, it's all fun and games environment. So... I can't answer your question directly, which was more difficult and important because it really quite ranges, but hopefully offered a little bit of insight as to how I think of things and, and how I've experienced things. Thanks for the question, man. Hit me up on Twitter or here on the website or via email or whatever else if you want me to further expand or you have some thoughts or further questions. I'd be more than privileged to answer those too. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening. Do you have a question about the topic that we covered in this episode? If so, we'd love to hear from you and we will be answering some of your questions at the end of next week's episode. Submit your questions on Twitter or head to 343coaching.com to leave your question in the comment section. Make sure that you are subscribed to 343FM on your favorite podcasting app. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. 
And if you're feeling super generous, we'd love it if you dropped us a five-star rating or a review. And don't forget that you can find our entire library of podcast episodes, over 200 written articles, and our online courses that help accelerate the development of coaches and players using methods that have been proven to work here in the United States. Once again, all of that can be found at 343coaching.com. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time here on the 343 Podcast. Podcast.